All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of The Grind Podcast. I have a special guest today that came up from Hyde Park, Utah, and that's Brian Black. What's up, Brian? Doing good. How are you? Doing good, doing good. Thanks for joining us today. But before we get started and talk about Brian and talk about his business in Lone Peak Arms, we're going to talk about this little uh, gizmo that he's got here. What do you got there? This looks like a goat knife. Yeah, a replaceable blade knife. I think these are great. So it's made of titanium. I sent Travis one of these. We'll have to give you one of these. Basically, it replaces your Havilon. Right. And what's kind of cool about it is, is that you see those holes in the knife. Those are Allen keys. Mm -hmm. So should you need to replace, obviously, you know, something on your bow, your sight, if you need to tighten something on your tripod, scope rings, what have you, it's just a complete Allen key set that you can pack with you in the backcountry. Yeah, I think that's important. Every every little bit helps in the backcountry. If you don't have it, you're... You, you wished you did. So yeah, you're, you're screwed, right? Yeah. Things that do multiple tasks are, I think, are great. And you being a machinist, that made of titanium, mm-hmm. you know the titanium is a quality piece of uh, piece of steel. Absolutely. Yeah. We use it all the time. Yeah. And we're going to talk about titanium there. But anyway, I, I just love that knife just because it's it's 1.5, 1.4, and 1.5 ounces. It replaces two pieces of kit in one. And you have that ultra, ultra light, ultra sharp, and ultra strong blade for caping, skinning. Yep. Yeah, it's just, it's big enough to do the job, but not, not so big that it's in the way. It doesn't weigh anything. Yeah, I think it's fantastic. Yeah. All right. We're going we're gonna to send you home with one of those and, right. s- and see how you like it. Yeah. Use it on your next hunt. I was going to say, we'll put it to use. So. Yeah, that's awesome. And then, you know, one last little shameless plug here before we get started. Base map. A lot of you guys have probably been using Onyx. Base map is awesome. Now, it has features that Onyx doesn't have. Over 800 press plus layers. It's had 3D before 3D was cool. It's got live location sharing and all the features that you want. So it's cheaper. You get nationwide coverage. You can share markers, waypoints, download offline maps. So go to basemap.com forward slash Freak and get 20% off base map. You'll be glad you did. And, you know, if you're heavily invested in another mapping software, you can actually transfer all your waypoints and tracks and plug them into Basemap and off you go. So basemap.com forward slash Freak, save yourself 20%. So let's talk about Brian. Who is Brian? If you don't know Brian, you should know Brian. Brian and I have been friends for probably five, six years. Brian's a wealth of knowledge when it comes to shooting. He's also a great hunter. And he also owns a very cool business that most of us would uh, give our left nut to have, if you will. And he, uh, he's, he's a co-owner of Lone Peak Arms. Lone Peak Arms is an an- action manufacturer um, out of Hyde Park, Utah. You know, they, they supply proof research with, with a lot of actions for some of their custom rifles. They obviously supply a lot to Travis Stevens and other custom builders around the country. So without further ado, uh, Brian, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about Lone Peak Arms. What? So you're obviously been machining most of your life. Is that correct? Yeah. Yep. Started when I was about 20. 20 years old. Yep. 21. So, yep. Okay. And you owned your own business at one time. Yep. Yeah, we owned a, a good shop that's still going. Just just my partner and I just didn't see eye to eye anymore, and so gotcha. I took off and did something else. So you moved on to something else. Yep. So you're like, man, I, I love shooting. I love hunting. I'm going to start an action. Or how did it start? Yeah. What, I mean, what was your motive behind starting Lone Peak Arms? So so we started doing uh, a couple of custom rifles just for ourselves or what we thought was uh, a custom rifle, our idea of a, of a custom rifle at the time, just a, 
uh, a Remington action that we trued up and we bought a custom barrel. Uh, they were heart barrels at the time. And we, we chambered them ourselves, you know, trued up the action ourselves, bought custom uh, stocks, bedded them, did the whole nine yards. We got, you know, some Leopold scopes and went out and, and just started plinking away, you know, as our, as our first attempt at, at, uh, at chambering and, and doing anything. And, and it actually went really well. They, they shot really well. So you're like, wow, this is actually working out. Yeah. I, you know, it's metals, cutting metals, cutting metal. So it is something that we weren't unfamiliar with. And, you know, the little intricacies of, of chamber and stuff and whatnot. I mean, the way that we did it is, is probably the people would laugh, you know, it, it, we just dialed it in really rough and not nearly as nice as, as all the, the, uh, custom builders out there that do it nowadays, you know, we, but they still shot really well. Right. So, so we just got lucky probably, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah. And, uh, and like I say, so that was our first deal. And then we started evolving into buying other custom actions and stuff like that. And there was a long lead time for actions. So gotcha. at the time it was, you know, between three and six months, depending on what you wanted. Wow. And so we were like, well, there's, there's obviously a demand for this. If we want it, I'm sure there's, you know, other people that want it. And obviously there's other people that want it because there's, you know, a long, long time in between when you can get one and when you actually order it so so yeah that was our first clue and uh well i mean we've got all the right stuff we could we could probably do this and and so so yeah that's that's basically the idea that got us started okay so you so you essentially recognized a need in the marketplace right uh it was a pain point for you so you therefore recognized the need was was there any point i just got out of this machine business do i really want to get back into machining or I mean or were you like you know what I know this this realm so well in this uh, vertical that I want to stay in it because I know how to make money in it right yeah I mean there was there was no no question I mean I still wanted to do something like the advantages of owning your own business are were something that I still wanted to have right you know so that was something that I didn't want to go away from so yeah there was really no lag time in between I'd been thinking about it, you know, for a long time, and so had Mike, and and so it, it just it was just perfect timing. So I I was ready to go. He was ready to go. I think the market was ready. You know, there was just a bunch of things that came together that for us worked out, and sure. and so we we jumped in. Timing's a lot of it, really. Oh, absolutely, I mean, you've got to time certain things right. Like I timed Muley Freak right with the social media craze, and right. Obviously, you timed the action thing yeah. right. I mean, yep. I, I was thinking about it on the way down here, and I think it is this coming spring, it'll be seven years. Oh, wow. So the first year was really not much. I mean, right. we made, I think, six six or so actions right at first, and yeah, so it, it, it got going really slow. I just did it in my spare time. Oh, okay. And so it was just a little bit here and a little bit there. Every Friday, I'd work on it. Every Saturday, I'd work on it. That type of thing until we got the first ones done, and then Mike chambered the first ones. He was he had his own lathe, and he'd learned how to chamber correctly, and and he did a, a good job. You know, he'd build a few custom rifles on the side, and and so he did the first ones. 
that we, the first actions that we made, he chambered the barrels for them, and and then we went out and started testing them and, and doing stuff, and and that year we went we went hunting quite a bit in Wyoming. I think we had Wyoming gotcha. tags, and and I drew a CWMU tag in in Utah. So so like I say, those it, like that first year was pretty much just getting our feet wet and figuring out if if this was something that we really wanted to do or could do, and like I say. It was the first year. I don't know whether you really count that or not, but after that, it really took off. So, yeah. so how did people start hearing about you? Was it all these custom rifle builders who were ordering actions from you? Was it? By the way, I haven't mentioned that Brian is a you're a pro shooter, really. I mean, you you compete in these uh, pro PRS challenges. So was it was it that that? So Mike and I, Mike had gotten into it a little bit before I did, as far as the shooting game and stuff like that. There's a lot of like what we call belly matches now. You just shoot prone, or you'd bring your own shooting bench or whatever. But it was there was no time. There was there was no really stress factors uh, applied to anything. It was just if you hit the target or not. And right. so Mike had gotten into that, and he was he was doing fairly well with it, uh, with a couple of rifles that he'd built himself. And so he and I started going with him to the first couple ones and I could clearly see that I didn't know nearly as much as I thought I did number one (laughs) and I got my butt kicked pretty bad the first one and on the way home it was all right this is this is something I'm interested in this is something I want to do well at it's time to get serious so it was it was time to build a, a serious rifle that was specific built for you know shooting competitions and that type of stuff and it was time to to actually you know, be able to hit some really small targets, figure out wind, you know, do that type of stuff, get your dope figured out, you know, to the minute of deer, but, you know, really small stuff that they wanted us to shoot at. So, so yeah, like I say, that was kind of a turning point for me personally in, in the competition side of things is, is I, yeah, I went out and got my butt kicked and then, and then started figuring it out from there. And it, and it didn't come overnight. It was, you know, obviously it took time. Yeah. Yeah. It takes time. So we'll circle we'll circle back to that PRS and 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 some of that kind of stuff. But would you say that the PRS mm-hmm. is what kind of springballed Lone Peak Arms into people recognizing it? No, or I don't think so. Is it just I, word of mouth I over time? Was, yeah, word of mouth over time. I mean, this is how uncool we were. We we printed up some flyers, you know, some like postcard type things, and we just went through the. We had, you know, our wives, we went through all kinds of phone books and directories and stuff. Oh, really? and, and Yeah, and found gunsmiths, and we would just mail them to them. And like it, actions? Yeah. So that costs you some money, obviously. Not, no, not actions, these little postcards. Oh, okay. So, yeah, just so just bought a roll of stamps and just started mailing stuff out, just the old snail mail. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, oh, yeah, that's funny. I still got some, actually, some of these postcards that's and whatnot. That's interesting. Whose idea was that, yours or Mike's? Uh, it's probably Mike's. He's, <laughs> yeah, it's probably Mike's. I'll give him the credit for that, but uh, <laughs> but yeah. So we built a you know a, a website and and these cards and and then just just word of mouth, you know, just a little bit of word of mouth, and and somehow it just took off. We've never really done any official advertising or anything like that. We'd bought some banner space on on a couple of different uh, forums and that type of thing that probably got our name out there a little bit, and then. Jeff Brozovich from Long Range Only. He uh, he did a review on our actions, and people still talk about that. He's really yeah. He's got quite a name for for that in in that world of 
you know, reviewing products for gun products and whatnot. And so, so people still mention that every once in a while that they've, you know, I watched Jeff's review of, sure. of your action and, and, uh, and away we went. So like I say, it just, it built just fast enough. That's a, you know, the growing pains of business and that type of thing is not growing too fast that you start making people mad because you can't get right. anything to them, but fast enough that you can survive. So there's, right. there's always a balance there. Right. But. Right. Okay. So circling back to the business and how you got started, obviously it's a passion. Yeah. You recognized a need in the marketplace. You timed it right. But how did you come up with a competitive advantage? Like for example, why would someone get a lone peak over Defiance? Or, and, you know, Defiance makes a great action. I, I think we can both admit that. So yeah. did you do anything strategically to make your action better? Like, if these listeners are like, man, this lone peak guy is a really cool guy. He obviously, he talks well. He knows his stuff. Why would he buy a lone peak action? I think the thing that sets us apart from everybody else was our titanium stuff. Okay. So that's really what put us on the map. That's probably 80%, maybe a little higher of our sales. Still. It, still. Really? It, yeah. And so that's that's what really got us going. So it, there was, like I say, I think timing was a good good part of it. The way people hunt, I think, has changed a little bit over the last 12 years or so. Yeah. Everyone wants to cut weight. Like we were talking about this goat knife. Right. Same people thing. want to cut weight out of their stock, their barrel, yep. carbon, uh, titanium actions. Right. Yep, everything's lightweight now. That's yep. that's the cool stuff. So that's the cool stuff. Yeah, but it's also the expensive stuff. It is, and it is. You know, and uh, in any world, if you talk lightweight, bicycles, cars, whatever, you're gonna you you say lightweight, and the price goes up. So <laughs> that's so, exactly right. Yeah, but it, and it's for a reason. I mean, it those those materials inherently cost more, so the product costs more. You know, it takes longer to machine that type of stuff, and yeah. So I mean, it's not just because it's it's lightweight and cool. It, there's a, there's a reason behind it. It's right. because it's it takes more to to manufacture that product. So, right. Right. so yeah, like I say, but like I say, I think the hunting world changed in the last little while. I think for quality animals, you had to get further away from roads mm -hmm. in general. And you know, speaking from my own experience and that type of stuff, and I think it's fun. You know, it's yeah. fun to to get way in the back country and stay overnight and you know. Yeah. It's a different sense of adventure. Exactly. It's an adventure. That's that's the word I was looking for. Yeah. So Yeah, so. definitely. So you want to get better equipment. And guys geek out over that stuff, right? They're like, okay, how can I get a lighter pack? How can I get a lighter stove? How can I yep. you know, how can I get lighter gear? And, yep. And then they're like, Okay, well, how can I get a lighter rifle, but shoot farther and, and optimize my opportunities in the backcountry? And that's right? it. That's what, that's what they want. So they want they wanted lightweight, but they didn't want to lose any accuracy. So so yeah people like proof research and and all the other barrel manufacturers that that do carbon stuff now there's quite a few of them nowadays they 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 came on board and you know like i say uh, it made it well with our product mcmillan manners ag composites they all make really lightweight stocks there's other other stuff that aren't quite as conventional chassis i love them by the way, there's XLR. Uh, XLR. We do a lot of work with XLR. They're good, good friends guys. of ours. Yep. yep, they're good friends of ours. Uh, MPA makes a really lightweight stock or chassis. Excuse me. There's there's several people that that make stuff that that all go along with this line of you know product. So lightweight, accurate, and easy to pack. So yeah. so yeah, it's it, like I say, it all kind of came together. The market just worked well. So it was just good timing. Dumb luck. So, yeah. Yeah. 
dumb luck because we know it wasn't smart luck. No, we know. With you yeah, you <laughs> listen to me long enough, you'll know it isn't smart luck. So, <laughs> well, there's obviously some some smart luck involved there. Okay, so what else about the action? It's built off a. Of, obviously, the listeners aren't looking at the action here, so they can't see what it looks like. But what's it built off? It's a it's a Remington clone. Yeah, a Remington clone. Yep. So I mean, that's the 350 what? Chevy of of guns. You know, everybody makes some type of aftermarket part for a Remington. Why is that? Uh, it's a good product. I mean, it, it's a good design. It's, you know, easy. It's simple. It works. Smooth. Smooth. Yep. There's, there's, you know, more moving pieces than you would think, you know, to make it all work and, and work right. And then, like I say, that's, that's what everybody seems to gravitate to, or, or the majority of people seem to gravitate to. Yeah. So, so was it tough was it tough matching all your specs with all these custom gun builders and, and stock manufacturers, or was that pretty easy? That was that was fairly easy. I mean, getting, of course, everything starts slow as far as getting your name out and that type of thing. You know, you call up McMillan and say you want to, you know, five years ago, you called up McMillan and say you wanted an inlet for a Lone Peak Fusion. They'd be like, who? Yeah. You know, yeah. so that, ty- that type of stuff starts slow and, or builds slow, but it, it's going good now, so... Did that answer your question? I can't. Yeah, remember. yeah, yeah. Yep, that totally answered my question. And you know, I get, I get sometimes texts or DMs daily asking me about Lone Peak actions. Yeah. So it's like, man, the the word's definitely spreading. I know we have a lot of videos out there, and we've talked to a lot of people. But right. there's also a lot of other people in the PRS world and other hunters that are talking about them. Yeah, and yeah. they don't even know you. Right, and and the PRS world. I mean, a lot of hunters look to that type of competition world and whatnot as to what they're going to use. So if it works in this environment, you know, it'll work for me, you know, or these guys shoot really, really well. So what are they using? And, and, you know, that translates over to what they're going to hunt with. So, so yeah, the information is so readily available anymore that you can find out about anything. It seems if you do just a little bit of research and, and so, and a lot of these worlds cross over. So. You know, Brian's been bugging me to get on some, a, a PRS match for a long time. And it, uh, with how much I hunt and all the new babies, it seems like I've had over the last two years, I haven't been able to get out. But you learn a lot from shooting oh, yeah. in those types of situations. I went out with you on a practice situation one time. And yep. it felt like for my first time I shot fairly well. But I learned a lot. Yeah. And then, like I say, there's there's a ton of stuff that you can pick up from these shooting competitions that translate to the to the hunting world. And so there's... You know, every the kind of the format of these PRS NRL type shoots that we like to go to is uh, there's a time constraint, which you know, with with hunting, a lot of times things happen really fast. Yeah, parallel out to a buck that's going to go over the ridge Digs, or right, going to go in the trees unless you can get down, get prone, and hurry and kill him. Right. So, so that's kind of the the format that they go with is they're going to put some sort of stress factor in or several different types of stress factors in and make you overcome a challenge to to get these shots off. And so there's multiple targets, there's multiple, you know, distances, multiple positions make you move quite a bit, and there's always time involved in it. Sometimes as as little as, as 60 seconds, you know, up to two minutes, generally not more than that. So, and to get, you know, between eight and 12 shots off. So definitely, you know, you got to be able to set up quick. You got to be able to find the target quick. You got to be able to to get a stable position so that you can get an accurate shot off. All these things translate into the into the hunting world. You know, if you want to kill 
animals, you know, in a good way, you know, in an in efficient way, then you can learn something from shooting these matches. So right. I would say the vast majority of people that we we run into and, and associate with in, in that world, the, the shooting world, are got into that to be better hunters. Right. So Really? So they got into PRS shooting to become better hunters? Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Well, the frequency that you guys shoot to yep. stay on top of your game, mm-hmm. uh, that would totally make sense. Yeah. Yeah. Like I say, we, it, we got into it, you know, pretty slow, but Mike and I are super competitive, whether we like to admit it or not. And it was, it's, it's just flat fun. Right. So it's just a really good time. So the people that we deal with are just good people, like, you right. know, industry people in, in the hunting world as well. You know, for the vast majority of them, it, they're just people that you, you, you want to be with. with. Yeah. Yeah. So. Absolutely. So, yeah, that, that makes it easy. And, and that, that's, you know, yeah, like I say, it's just a good time. So. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So let me ask you this. When you guys are shooting, you guys are in the competition together a lot of times. So mm-hmm. You go carpool, whatever. Yep. Are you happy for when Mike does well, or do you want to beat Mike? I, I'm happy for him. Good. So, so, yeah, that's that's something that I've tried personally not to be. I try to be excited for somebody else's success. Good. So, yeah, I think that's it's. I don't know. I think it's pretty low to to wish. But you, you want know, to beat everyone else. Oh, sure. I'm. I'm just. I want to win. There's no yeah. question. So. Yeah. So, but if Mike wins, I'm, I'm happy for him because ultimately it's success of, of our business together. So, you know, that type of thing. But yeah. And for a long time, Mike was, was beating me pretty bad. It took a while for me to catch up. So yeah, that's awesome. So yeah, Mike's, he's Mike's Mike, a good shooter. Mike's a dang good shooter. He's Mike's one of those guys that is pretty much good at whatever he does. And yeah, he's, he's super motivated, he's hardworking, you know, a lot of the, all those things, he's smart, he picks up stuff really fast, and and in the shooting world, he was a couple steps ahead of, of everybody for, for a long time, and he's still super dang good, and, yeah. and like I say, that's, he helped me a ton with my, uh, you know, with that type of thing, to catch me up to, to where I am today, so. Yeah, that's great. So, yeah. And, and I'll say this, it's, it's guys like Brian, and I haven't spent as much time with Mike, obviously, but it's guys like Brian and Travis that have taught me what I know, and I still don't know much, but I know a lot more than the, just a regular guy, I guess you could say. But, I mean, it's guys like these guys that I, that I go and learn from. Yeah. And so it sounds like you kind of had a little mentor in Mike. Oh, yeah, absolutely, and, and Travis and, and lots of other guys. So there's, yeah. there's a ton of guys in Utah that are really good shooters, you know, in the competitive scene. So, yeah, there's, there, I've, had pl- I've been taught plenty of lessons over the years, <laughs> so, and, that, and that's a good thing. So yeah. let's talk about one of your big, big wins. My first national match win that was this last summer in, in Utah, Dog Valley was the match. It was an NRL match. So actually Mike and I tied at, at that one. We, we tied one and two, but I edged him out by four tenths of a second. Oh, they, wow. they always have one or two tiebreaker stages in these matches because it's su- at the top. It's super duper competitive. I mean, 10 points could separate the, the, the top 20, you know, they're with uh, several ties in there and that gotcha. type of stuff. So, so they have these tiebreaker stages that one of, you know, time is one of the things they'll have time limit to where you can't go over this amount, but as they have a shot timer is what it's called. So the time that you squeeze off your last shot, it records that time and that goes into your score. 
and and I beat Mike by four tenths of a second. Gotcha. So is that so. the one where you won the Hornady Moose Trophy? No, that was the, oh. the second one I won. So so you got to count all your different wins here. Yeah, <laughs> it's been a good year for me. So <laughs> so yeah, we had a I had some success with, with this year. But like I say, it didn't come overnight, and 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 I'm super tickled that everything worked out. So yeah. but yeah. So not only do these guys make some kick-ass actions, they're also very good pro shooters. In fact, if you follow some of these local matches and even national matches for that level, you're going to see Mike and Brian at the top of these leaderboards because they put in the time and they practice and they want to win. And they're competitive guys and, and they want to be the best. And if you've got to be the best, you've got to practice and shoot with the best. And, That's it. And I hope to get, get more time here soon and be able to come, come, out, come out with you guys. Travis built me that creed more. I think it would definitely benefit you. Yeah. So. Plus, be... plus, it's just fun. So, yeah. And everybody wants to have some fun. Oh, yeah. So, who doesn't want to go have, who doesn't want to shoot guns? That's it. I mean, it, it, what more fun is there? So. Yeah. What more fun is there? We'll circle back to the actions then. Let's talk about the action offering. So, you guys make a, so you have the steel and the titanium, right? Mm -hmm. And first off, not everyone makes a titanium action, correct? Right. Why is that? A lot of people, it, it's a, a harder material to work with. So, you really got to have your stuff just right to get it to cut. You know, oh, and, and will will do flake or no? It'll gall. It'll uh, it titanium doesn't like to be rubbed, okay. so to speak. It likes to be cut, sheared, and oh, okay. and so like I say, and it and it has to be cut at a certain rate to to huh. make yeah. So that it's and that's true of any material. It's just it just has a very specific set of of parameters that you need to to work with it in. And if you, you can't go faster than that, really, oh really? And you can't, yeah, and it doesn't like to go so slower. It's pretty than temperamental. That. It, it's a little bit temperamental is a good word. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's a little bit temperamental. It's expensive, that type of thing. So just a cost of material because everyone's like titanium action. What an extra five hundred bucks because that's about what it is. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So yeah, roughly. And but you're uh, saving a half a pound. Yeah. It's it's all all about the weight savings and that type of stuff. And and generally, people when they buy a titanium action, then they pair it with a carbon barrel, which is overall lighter and a lightweight stock. You know, they're going for an overall product not just trying to save a half a pound. It's, it's a half a pound here and a half a pound there. You know, it, it all adds up to, to what you want in the end. So, like right. I say, it's, it's not the, the only thing that you need to, to get what you want in the end. Right. It's, it's just one piece of the puzzle. Right. So. And, you know, it all depends on what kind of rifle you're going to build. Not everyone's sure. always building a, a lightweight mountain rifle. You might be at the age where you can't get up and, and hunt the backcountry anymore and maybe you just want a truck for hunt around on the ranch and then obviously yeah. you're going to use a steel action for something like that yeah yeah like i say that's that's one of the first things that we talk about when i sell an action to somebody is you know what what do you want to do with this action you know are you going to be hiking up into region g with it you know you want something super light or are you going to be cruising around shooting coyotes and you right. want something fun to shoot you know and and that equals heavier rifles like my my competition rifle is almost 25 pounds right. and you know that type of stuff so a, a super heavy rifle is way more fun to shoot than a super light rifle so yeah i mean it, try and tailor what we sell to you to give you what you want in the end like i was saying before you know if you're yeah. gonna put a big you know stout you know stainless barrel on it and a heavy weighted chassis and that type of stuff then yeah then it doesn't make sense to buy the the titanium right. action buy the, the stainless one so yeah so yeah save yourself a few bucks and you'll get what you want in the right. end so so do a lot of people come in already knowing those or do you kind of have to ask those questions nowadays more times than not people know what they want yeah, that's good yeah so and that's just because of the readily available information on the internet youtube right they're RV. Yeah, what maybe you've already done. talked to their. Yeah, what we've done. Yep, they've already 
talk to their gun builders. Right. Yeah, it's, it's no secret anymore. I mean, everybody, you know, pretty much knows what everybody else is doing, you know, with social media and just, like I say, the amount of information out there. It's, it's easy to find, you know, all right, these guys that are being successful are using these products, and, you know, I want to, to mimic that. And, gotcha. and so, yeah, it's, it's easy to find what you want. Most people know what they want. So long action, short action, and then how new is the medium action? Uh, I think we've had it for a couple of years. It's, Did it exist before then? Uh, there, other companies had done one before, but this one's, you know, slightly different. So, yeah. So what's the purpose of a medium action? So there's a bunch of cartridges that run. They're almost too long for a short action that you can make them work in a short action, like short action ultra mags, like 7 SOM, 6.5 SOM, 6.5 PRC. You know, there, there's a bunch of those 300 short. Winchester short mag, right? And uh, so those type of cartridges, they'll run in a short action, but the medium action gives you the opportunity to seed them, to, to them out, your bullets out a little bit. So yeah. if you reload, then it makes sense to, to have the opportunity to to get a little bit more case capacity out of to get more uh, performance those. out of it. You're right. stuffing more powder in there. Yeah, or you know, it, you can only go so much, but it gives you the opportunity to to probably increase performance. Absolutely. Yeah. So gotcha. So yeah, that's that's what the medium action is all about. So are you selling a lot of medium actions right now? More and more every day. Yeah, that one's starting to gain speed. So with the the Hornady coming out with that 6.5 PRC, 7 Psalms gained a ton of popularity in the last little while. 6.5 Psalms always been kind of popular. Like I say, there's those cartridges have have really gave the the medium action a push. Really? So so yeah, that's 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 what that one's all about. I think those, like I say, seven psalms, one of my favorites, and I have. Two, Why is that? Uh, I have two rifles chambered in it. One's kind of a heavy competition style rifle. One's my my hunting rifle, like I took to Mexico this year. So it's not the fastest seven millimeter on the market, but it's the easiest seven millimeter on the market to load for. Oh, um, so what do you opinion. mean easiest? So, like I say, it's 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 just there's something about it that's just inherently accurate. There's some really good brass available for it nowadays. That's powders available. Powders. And there's good powders. There's good bullets. There's a lot of good bullets that have come out with the uh, in the seven millimeter range there in the last two or three years that have have been fantastic for performance. And so, like I say, that one's just that's like the easy one. Uh, it just. I think there's there's something to be said about, you know, over I think the the term that people use is overboard. There's a whole lot of powder behind a little itty bitty bullet. The seven psalm I think is a really good medium way to run that seven millimeter bullet that's just easy. I don't I don't know how to ex- explain it exactly. That's not the, the the best way to to say it probably, but it just works. It just works. <laughs> there you go. That's it. So yeah, why it to make it any well. more complicated than that? I don't I don't know all the science behind it, but it's got just enough powder behind it to put it in dumb terms it's just enough powder behind it to to make it work but not too much to make it really finicky so running a medium action on that with that cartridge is just amazing oh yeah yeah that's the ticket yeah i think i'm i think i'm doing a seven no it's a seven short seven short yeah with the medium aren't i right i believe so yeah Yeah. i think travis has got that so so yeah so yeah like i say you'll you'll know here shortly what it's all about yeah i think that's and to me speed is not a factor you know, tons of guys that we talk to uh, you know, on a daily basis are really concerned about, about speed. speed. And to me, that is not a factor. That's not something I think about when I when I build a gun. So right. I think honestly, what is it? Uh, accuracy. Yep. That's the only thing that we're, every that's time. A, that's the only thing that I worry about. 
So is are components available and is it, you know, have people had good success with it in the past on a, on a pretty broad basis? Like, you know, the experienced reloader versus the new guy, they're all finding good success with this, this type of caliber, then that is what I'm interested in. Right. So, and that seven song meets that, yeah. that criteria, 300 wind mag, another one, you know, it's been around forever and there's a reason why, because it just flat works. Huh? So and you run a pretty big bull without it. Yeah, I run two fifteens out of mine, and it it just I'm guessing flat those works. are burgers then. Burgers, yep. But I'm not afraid to run, uh, you know, uh, two twelve Hornadies. Hornadies. Mike runs two oh eight Hornadies out of his. Really? Yeah, and it just, X's or M's? Uh, I don't know to be honest, but that's what he killed his giant buck with in in uh, Colorado this year. Was, oh, did he? Yeah, yeah. Huh. So three hundred Win Mag with the with that two oh eight, and it just flat hammers. So the Hornady ammo that they're making nowadays, that, that's another thing, is the stuff that it, the ammunition that's being made nowadays is just better. That's just all right. there is to it. And that, that Hornady stuff. precision stuff, yeah. uh, the precision hunter stuff, every 300 wind mag that we built, that stuff, I think they put 200 ELDXs in those. That stuff runs in every 300 wind mag that I've seen. And, I mean, it yeah. shoots like incredibly good like yeah. why even reload good and yeah and yeah exactly i get a lot of people that ask me that they're like so you got these nice custom rifles or what do you reload i'm like i'm not i'm using factory yeah why because i got four kids i don't have any time yeah and it works so well i don't i don't need to reload that's it i mean there's there's you know the 65 prc the 300 win mag what else have we tried seven rim mag got one of my buddies shooting that the 300 short mag one of my friends is shooting that it's and you i shoot one I, of those too and that that they just all shoot really well. I don't, I don't know the secret that they've got going, and I don't care. They can right. just keep it doing it, and I'll keep buying it. Yeah, so, absolutely. So, yeah. So, like I say, that's that's a factor for me when I when I go to build a rifle. is, And that's the thing about that 300 Win Mag. You could go probably just about anywhere in the world and find ammunition for it. So Go to Kyrgyzstan. Ammo doesn't show up. Yeah, there's problems. Go to the store. But you can still shoot your rifle, but you know it may not be the exact load that you're hoping for, but you can still shoot your rifle, and you can make it happen. Right. So, so, Put it where it needs to go. Accuracy, and you'll kill the animal, despite yeah. what circumstance you're in. If yeah. you gotta go by, that's it. A different so, load. So, like I say, speed isn't a factor for me. In fact, probably slower is better, as far as I'm concerned. Like that, I'm running that that seven sama mine only at, at 2840. You know, with a 185, I'm shooting a nozzler bullet in that one. Actually, mm-hmm. a 185 RDF. It's, so it's a target bullet, but that thing kills. And I've killed a bunch of stuff yeah. with that. And that's something that uh, Mike's taught me over the uh, over the last few years is it doesn't need to be a hot rod to, to kill stuff. Right. It just needs to be. It needs to go where you want it to. Right. So it's like Seth said from Hornady. Number one always beats number two, and number one's accuracy. Yeah. Put it where it needs to go. That's it. That, that's the only thing that matters. So right. the the deer isn't going to know the difference between 200 feet per second. So right. it's just no. it's, it's still going to hurt him. It's just going to be dead. So yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Just to correct that, that's a two. That's actually so Mike used a 208 uh, grain. It's actually a match bullet. So okay. he'd have been using a match on that. Well, and that's so, the thing big about buck. Yeah. The 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 ELDMs versus the ELDXs. I haven't seen a ton of difference in performance. They, I've on used game. them both. Yeah. They do well. On performance on game, I haven't seen a lot of difference. And, yeah. the, and the difference in those two is one has an interlock ring, so the jacket just stays together. Gotcha. A little All bit right. better. So, yeah. But like I say, they seem to kill just fine. Yeah. It has a little thinner jacket, too. But, yeah, it, a lot of guys say the M's. They like the way the – especially some of these PRS guys, mm-hmm. They their M's shoot so well out of their PRS rifles, they take them hunting. Yeah. Because, again, they're not worried. They're more worried about accuracy because – 
these PRS people, they have a different mindset. They're not, they don't want the fastest and biggest bullet. They want the one that shoots the best. They want to put that bullet where they, where it's supposed to go to kill. Yep. And that's yep. what I've learned about you guys. Yeah. Like I say, it's all about shot placement. So it's not about anything else. It's, it's just about where you want that bullet to go. Absolutely. And putting it there. So. So let's talk about the action and how that translates into functionality for the rifle. Is is an the functionality of an action can is any action any good or because the, the action serves a purpose to put a bullet in it to chamber a bullet and to eject it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that's that's it. I mean it's your. Inter- it has nothing to do with accuracy. Uh, no, it does. I mean I think it does. Uh, not probably as much as the as the barrel and the chambering and that type of stuff but absolutely it that's kind of the foundation of your rifle your interface with the with the rifle and so that's what you want it to do is you want it to put bullets in and you want it to take bullets out and you want it to perform that way but it's got to be you know square it's like when we were talking earlier in this podcast about the the Remington and true and upper Remington yeah, yeah. so yeah i mean uh, that's that's all taken care of with a custom action and and that's true pretty much across the board it doesn't matter what brand you buy if uh, a custom action is generally straight yeah. and so the bullet the the bolt and the action and the threads and everything are all you know in line with each other and and that's all taken care of for you so so would it be accurate to say that i'm not going to say anything bad about any manufactory rifle mm-hmm. but could it be the case that maybe some of these factory rifles that are two three hundred bucks don't have straight actions oh yeah they don't Okay. Like I say, and not all of them. I mean, it's it's. We're not going to pick it, pick you know, anyone apart. Like here. I say, the ones that I've seen, and and you, you'd have to talk to a gunsmith who sees way more than I do. Right. I mean, I have a very limited scope of 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 what's going on there. But yeah, I mean, it, it's nothing to be to be out. You know, between two and five thousandths out of square or out of out of true. You know, with, how do you decide with, what square is or true? Uh, it's so the bore, the the bore of where your bolt rides. The threads need to be in line with that. The the faces of the of the bolt where the cartridge sits against the face of the bolt and the face of the action all need to be parallel and 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 perpendicular to each other. So gotcha. so yeah, that's what you're looking at. And so you, some of those actually aren't, and they still run. Do oh they yeah, just run a yeah. little gunky or uh, no? They run like you'd Fine. never notice. Oh yeah, like I say, you'd never notice. Like I say, those I've I've had factory rifles obviously uh in the past that shot dang good so yeah. so like i say it's but it's just little little bits little things like little that. things yeah that's what it takes like i say you little know. little things so guys these are the things you pay for in a custom rifle if you're if you're paying for a custom action to go on a custom rifle these are things that you're not going to get in a factory rifle that you go and and buy off the shelf at cabela's it's two three hundred bucks yeah, like Even I say, four or five hundred bucks. Yeah, there's there's definitely some some things that you you uh, should expect. Yeah, yeah, that you you won't get from from you get what you pay for. is right. what I'm trying to say. And and guys say this all the time. Oh, you got a new rifle, or you know this, that, the other. I'm like, man, buy once, cry right. once. Yeah, that's a good oh. thing. I've learned it the hard way <laughs> too many times. Me too. Yep. And I uh, I just won't do it anymore because if I'm going to invest all the time and all the energy into going into the mountains to accomplish something. Yeah. That being tagging out, I want to have the best of the best. Sure. Yeah, I think the best that you the, the best that you can afford for sure. So, yeah. The best you can afford. Yeah. Yeah. The best you can afford is what I would want to take into the backcountry. So So, you know, an action that's not true, how could that affect your accuracy? Is that is that putting that is that chambering that bullet off true so that yeah. it's not going to fly through the bore? It, yeah. As it's well? Just, it's just yeah, it may be 
holding the bullet off center inside the chamber, and so the bullet doesn't start out straight. You know, gotcha. that type of stuff. That's that's how it works. So, gotcha. So yeah, it just and tiny little things make a huge difference. Now, is there any? Is it harder to true up a titanium action versus a uh, steel action because no. of the metal's harder to work with? No, I mean we've got a, a process down that works really well. So it's like I say, our our titaniums run just as good as the as the stainless ones as far as you know specs. Gotcha. Was it hard trying to figure that out when you first started the business? No, because I, I cut my teeth machining in yeah. in the medical world. So Oh, really? Yeah, and they use a lot of titanium and stuff like that. So, so yeah, that was kind of where I got exposed to, to titanium the first time and, and what it took to cut it. And, and so, yeah, I wasn't, I, I'm not intimidated by it or wasn't intimidated by it at the end. Yeah, and I just thought that was the, what everybody did. So yeah. this was just the way everything was, works. And so, and then, like I say, throughout the years, I've been exposed to lots and lots of different materials. And yeah, like I say, titanium's no big deal. So. Right. No, that's cool. Because I, I think that's why there are action manufacturers that don't have titanium because they don't know how to work with it. That, would you say that? Oh, would be? absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, it's it's not the easiest thing to work with. And like I say, it's not it's expensive. Yeah, so, it's expensive. Yeah, we, we you know, when you buy, you know, three or 4,000 pounds of, of titanium at a time. It's expensive. It's expensive. Yeah, you're throwing down 50, 60 grand. So, oh, wow. so yeah, it's it's not, not cheap. Yeah, not everyone can do that. Yep. Circling back to something you said at the beginning of the podcast, and that was lead times. Mm-hmm. I think, I think if there, I think people who aren't familiar with the custom rifle process in accumulating components, if you will, you can't typically just call up and get an action overnighted yeah. to your gunsmith. If you're lucky. If if you're lucky. Yeah. If you're lucky, but especially with this day and age and, and the state of the country, gun parts are like gold. Right. So how did you, when you started this business, how did you try to set up this turnkey business that you could eliminate that pain point for customers? Because you don't want people complaining that, oh, they take forever. Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, I hate, I hate waiting for stuff myself. I'm, you know, not a very patient person and neither is Mike. And so we, you know, because we hunt, because we shoot matches we know or have a good idea what people want and what you know try and keep a our finger on what's popular and what's what's happening in the world of of shooting and hunting and that type of stuff and have that build ahead basically you know uh, we try and and have some stuff on the shelf so our lead times are relatively low you know what's your average lead time uh i would say you know, depending on what you want. If you're a right-handed guy that wants a long-action titanium razor, um, right now it'd be about two weeks. So that's not too bad. No, no, it's super quick. Uh, but that that changes, that fluctuates. Yeah, you probably run these in batches. Yeah. So if I was a left-handed guy that wanted a titanium razor, uh, I try and do and accommodate the left-handed guys. So right now, you know, I have a couple of lefties. You know, I try and do a certain percentage of each batch in left-handers. Now, granted, sometimes I guess right and sometimes I guess wrong. Right. Sometimes by the time I get them done, every every left-hander that I made is sold, which is which is good. But I would like to have a couple more, you know, sitting around for the guy who calls. And left-handers are generally pretty nice people because they've <laughs> they've had to they've had to adapt and wait. They've, they've been made fun of their whole lives. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
and uh, <laughs> but they've they've generally had to be patient over you know and they know they're that, used that, to it. yeah they're used to it in in a nutshell of of waiting so so I try and not make them wait any longer than I have. That's to. good. Yeah, good so, for you. Yeah, like I say, it doesn't always work out perfect. You know, some you know sooner or later somebody's got a story about how they waited forever for for something yeah. from us, which is probably true. Yeah, but uh, you can't make them all happy. No, but we try our best. Yeah, so, good like for you. Say, yeah, we're we're not afraid to to build you know big batches so that it's sitting there you know waiting for for whoever calls up. So so that's that's what I think men in general are impulsive, you know, and yeah. if if there's something there that's that's ready to go, then they'll buy it. So gotcha. so yeah, like I say that was kind of our philosophy is like, yeah, that's you have that, them laying around they probably buy it. That's it. It's like, yeah, that's that's ready to go. Well, okay, send it. You know, yeah, yeah. Here, here's my credit card number. Yep. So, and it seems like for uh, when an individual makes the decision to put the money down and, and buy a custom rifle, he's ready. He wants it now. Oh, absolutely. He doesn't want to wait for components. No, no. Because he's so excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody wants to wait. You know, it's it's instant gratification. You know, type of thing. You know, everybody just wants something right now, and that's somewhat skewed on the the rifle building side of stuff because if you go into the the world of custom rifles you know things don't happen overnight so there's there's some expectation of wait time you know uh, like like for instance right now is a really busy time of year for us the first of the year because guys anticipate tags they're going to draw you know stuff that they want for this coming fall and they know from experience or talking to other people whatnot that if they don't get in line right now that they're not going to get what they they're want. They're not going to get it. Yeah, they're not going to get what they want in time. So well, that's better than the guy calling up three weeks before. Oh, time oh we get those too. You yeah, get, you still it, get those. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it, it makes me chuckle. I'm like, oh, I've got it. I hope you can get it put together. So yeah. you know, and and sometimes they do, and sometimes they don't. But yeah, you're right. The day that that we live in today is it's hard to come by a lot of stuff. There, it's uh, the the custom uh, rifle game is very very popular. So. Yeah, and it's gotten that way over the last. Yep, probably five, six, seven years. Oh yeah, I mean it, the the stuff that you see in the hills. I I'd say the average guy has some type of of customization done to their rifle, even if it's like a, a custom barrel on a on a factory action, right. or if it's a full custom build. You know, I'd say the vast majority of hunters and shooters nowadays that's the norm anymore. Yeah. Twenty years to, ago, we wouldn't have known oh, what no. to think about that. No. No, we people wouldn't. can make rifles that aren't Remington and Browning. Right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. My very first rifle is is a real peach. It's a I don't even know. I can't even remember. I think it's a seventy six hundred was the model Remington seventy six hundred. Okay. It was a pump action thirty uh, six. Yeah. Oh yeah. I thought that. <laughs> Did thing you kill was, anything with it? Uh, one deer. One, one deer, deer huh? yeah, one deer. I, my very first deer I killed with that rifle. And wow. uh, how many sh- how many times did you pump? Just it? once, but up really? to that point, there were several missed shots uh-huh. on other deer. You know, yeah. because I I was you know I, I didn't know you anything. Know, you didn't know what you're doing. H- heck, I probably had like uh, you know one fifty stacked with one eighties. That's exactly uh, how I used. Yeah, to yeah. I mean, it's whatever I had laying around. Oh, take this one in case a big one runs out. Oh Maybe yeah, this one <laughs> grandpa gives you one eighties. Oh yeah, yeah. I had a four power task scope yeah. you know and you had all this different ammo you're like why can't i shoot good groups oh yeah hell i had no idea maybe you know i didn't i had no idea or maybe didn't care you yeah. know but yeah, i used to keep all my stuff in a shoe box you know just, you just grab a handful there. and just go yeah. so so yeah yeah it's a miracle anything got killed back then maybe yeah. for me but yeah. uh but yeah i've come a come a ways since then thank goodness so well i, I was thinking about the other night my little girl's 
were watching Wreck-It Ralph Internet something. Mm -hmm. And they were talking about the Internet and, oh, you can do these things with the Internet. I'm like, I can't believe one day we're going to look back and be like, yeah, 2007, we didn't even kind of know what the Internet was. Yeah. 2009, we're like, okay, this Internet thing. It's only been as of recent that everyone's kind of grasped this concept of the Internet, but the information that's available on like these forums, forums are kind of dead but like these Facebook groups mm -hmm. and people sharing information and, and YouTube and people doing all these reviews and builds. And yep. it's just amazing what you can learn. And, and you would have had to taken classes to, to do that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, and I think people have educated themselves pretty well over the last little bit, and they've learned to filter out the garbage, you know, better better in recent years too. So there's there's a lot of people who put garbage out on the internet. Not everything right. on the internet is true. I didn't know no. if you knew that or yeah. not. No, I didn't know that. I thought it was all true. <laughs> yeah, it's it's surprising <laughs> fact, but uh, not everything is true, and not you know, and so yeah, there, you have to filter out the junk just yeah. like anything else. You have to be careful what you what you listen to. So yeah. everybody's got an opinion, and not all of them are correct. So, right, including mine. So. <laughs> no, I, I would say that I, I've taken your, you and Travis and, and even Mike, for that matter's opinion, and it hasn't led me astray yet. No. I've had a lot of success in um, Good. recent years over the field, yeah, using you your guys' equipment. You know, basically all my actions, if not 98% of them, are Lone Peak, and everything I really hunt with are Lone Peak actions. Yeah. And yeah, we appreciate that. Like I say, there, there's no question that there's a correlation to our success with your help. So, yeah, so we appreciate that. No, absolutely. Great, and great Travis, reaction. like I say, Travis was one of our, our, you know, first, I don't know how Travis, I would have, we'd have to ask him, I guess, but he found out about us. I shipped him some actions and he gave us some, Travis is really good at critiquing stuff without making you feel like a, an idiot. Yeah, so, he is. Yeah, no, he, he is. He's, he's, he led us in the right direction. So he's a super smart kid. And, Very smart. And does a really good job. And he's not the only one that does a really good job, but he's the one that we came in contact with first. He, he really led us in the right direction, and we appreciate yeah. his help in, in refining our stuff yeah. and, and helping us make you know better stuff. Yeah, so. absolutely. No, Travis is good at that. Yeah. Um, He's good at offering delicate feedback so you don't feel like a complete dumbass. Yeah, even though that's probably – you can read between the lines, and he's like, yeah, he's he's telling me I'm a dumbass, but in a really nice way. But a really nice way, and he's, yeah. Yeah, he's being very delicate about right, it. Right, right. So he's good at that. Yeah, so I know Travis because of you, actually. Right. I think I called you back – I don't know. It was my first time I went to Mexico. It had to have been 2015, and there was another builder out here that was like, you need to call these guys out of Hyde Park. I'm like, hmm. So I called you, and I'm like, man, I want to get another one built. He's like, well, who's going to build it? I'm like, I don't know. You're like, call this guy named Travis. Yep. So I called Travis, and he built me built me that first one from Travis, 6-5 Creedmoor. Mm -hmm. And uh, before the Creedmoor was the Creedmoor, and everyone had jokes about it and everything else, but while it was – Still very very popular. It was it was while it was like super the super hot cool thing. Yeah, yeah, the hot thing. Yep yep. And uh, people people forget just how hot of a thing it was because it, it is a phenomenal cartridge. But um, there's the six high PRC now and other things. But anyway, I know Travis because of Brian, yep. and he built me my first rifle. So it's kind of me, Travis, and Brian. We're all pretty we're all pretty close, and we've all worked together the last few years, and we've uh, helped educate a lot of folks about one another, I guess. Right. Yeah. It's, I think relationships in this or any business is, is very important. So, and we've, yeah, you've helped us from the beginning pretty much. I mean, I remember when you called the first time 
And I was like, yeah, who is this guy? <laughs> yeah. You, know, yeah. Uh, you, you better know. approach Brian right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just like, you know, what's this guy want? What's his angle? You know, <laughs> is this legit? You know, because right. these, these actions, you know, they come out of our pocket, the money, oh, yeah. you know, that Absolutely. type of stuff. And so a lot of people will say stuff that they may not be able to deliver on is what we found out. So, so yeah, we've, we've given a few actions away or given them for next to nothing, that type of deal and not got a lot out of it, you know? Right. So, so you learn pretty quick. Like I say, if you can filter through the BS and uh, luckily, yeah, you made the cut. Yeah. Luckily I made the cut. Barely, barely, barely made the cut. (laughs) It's funny because we all kind of refer to each other to each other and you, you hope that something bad doesn't happen. Right. Right. Like, oh man, I referred this guy and he's not... He's kind of a tool or whatever. <laughs> yeah. So I referred Brian recently to Spencer Brat. Yeah. Down in Mexico. And and I, I was up until found out my wife was having a baby and she's having some few complications and whatnot with the baby and then still thought I was going until my wife said, Absolutely you're not going. So anyway, we're kind of planning this trip to Mexico. So I'm, you know, planning on going down there with them, you know, help show them like, hey, I I had so much fun. I'm going again. Like, this is how much I trust this Mexican thing and Spencer. And, you know, I went last year and had a great time, killed two great bucks. And uh, so I refer Brian and him. I was kind of stressing it a little bit. I'm like, well, shoot, now I can't go because I've, I've got this baby and I, I need to be with my family and my wife. And I'm like, they're going down there making this investment. I'm like, shoot, I was all nervous you guys weren't going to kill anything. Oh, yeah. I mean, with Mexico, it's... But at least it's hot. At least I could have said, like... Dude, it's hunting. Yeah. Like, what did you want? What yeah, did I mean, you want me to we're do? Not, we're not uneducated on, you know, the fact that it's not a guarantee. Nothing right. is. Nothing's so, a guarantee. Yeah, especially in the hunting world. Yeah. And with Mexico especially. I mean, you've really got to do your homework to, to go with somebody reputable. And and even if you do, you still may not get what, you, what you're what you thinking. So right. and, I, it, and I talked to Spencer for a couple of years before I even went down. So And then when I went down, I knew you'd have a good time. But you, there's always that unknown, right? But you guys came home with two 200-inch deer. Right, yeah. And a phenomenal typical in Mike's who was – just over 200 than yours that was just over 210. Yeah. Yeah, both incredible bucks. I mean, bucks that people dream of, uh, we dream of. So, right. yeah, it's it, it couldn't have gone any better for us. And 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 right after we left, it it got super tough. Yeah. I mean, you know, and that's it just changes. It, yeah. You know, honey changes. Timing's so much of it. Yeah, so, it is. And you guys timed it just right. Yeah. And like I say, we yeah, we we made the best of our opportunity, and and Spencer was great. Like I say, we had a we had a, a great time with him. Yeah, so he just killed some great bucks. Yeah, and like I say, and, uh, and other guys in the camp didn't have as good a luck. We we lucked out. Yeah, we, you guys did good. We ended up killing a jumbo coos too. I don't know if you saw that. I did see that. Yeah. Yeah, it almost looked like a Texas whitetail. It was yeah. so big. Yeah, he's a he's a great one. Yeah, he's a big one. Yeah, so we went out looking for coos just one day. And all we saw was cartel, but other than that, <laughs> other than that, it was it was fun. So, you guys have you always felt safe though. Yeah, not a problem. Yeah. So I think if you're minding your business down there, you'll be just fine. So yeah. that's what everybody's always told us. I mean, I I think that you could get yourself in trouble, but if you you're you know like I say, minding your business, you'll be fine. Yeah. So that's awesome. Yeah. What what a uh, what gun build action did you take down there? So that one was a fusion tie medium. And uh, proof research, seven millimeter barrel, Fendero contour, twenty six inch. 
Uh, it has a Manners EH1A stock, so it's an adjustable cheek piece. Okay. And I have an NX8 uh, Night Force scope. What's that weigh all in? I think that's about nine and a half pounds. Nine and a half. So that's a good, that's a good weight. Yeah. Good for, enough to be light enough to pack, but yep. heavy enough to shoot long. Right. And that's, right. The, like I say, I think that's a good balance for, for both of those things. You know, not so heavy that you can't take it up in the hills if you want, but right. but shootable. A shootable Very weight. Very shootable. Yeah. Especially with that adjustable cheek piece. Yeah. Did you rack much, high rack? Uh, yeah. So, so was it like, ah, man, I wish it was just a little bit lighter for this high rack and stuff in case something jumps out at two two fifty. Nope, nope. I didn't. I didn't think that at all. I think. Would that, you attribute that to your PRS? Oh yeah, shooting. Yeah. Did you I bring mean, a bag? Absolutely. I brought I, my game changer. I, I knew you did. Wax canvas game changer off a of high rack is the ticket. So, yeah. I mean, that's something that you run into in the PRS all the time is we shoot off these uh, cattle panels is what we call them. Uh, they awesome. have, you know, dif- different, or they just put up a gate with a couple of T-posts right. holding it up, and then you have to shoot off of each rung of the gate. Right. And these these game-changer bags, or there's there's a ton of different ones out there, but that's the ones we prefer are perfect for that. They, they are, you know, you slap it down on that, it sits really stable, and you put your rifle on there, and it's, you know, if you if you've done enough practice, right. you can make really accurate long shots. Now in Mexico, they're quick. Yeah, everything's quick. Everything happens so fast. You have to make snap judgments and you have to be right on it and ready to roll. So if you're if your guy your your guide with you says, you know, that that's a good buck, then you better be ready to freaking pull the trigger cuz it's going to be gone. Right. So, I mean, everything. You better hope it's a good buck too. Yeah, and that's the other thing. Is, <laughs> is sometimes things happen and it's not right. so you can get tricked or mixed up yeah, or whatever and it's easy to make a mistake so Absolutely. yeah and as far as judgment goes and when all you see is the side of it or all you see you know right. is a fork yeah exactly a fork or yeah. yeah yeah there's so many so many things that you and i don't envy those guides down there i mean it, there's pressure yeah there. we were talking about that i'm like you imagine wake up every morning and you having this hunter here that you got to find a giant buck for? Oh, yeah. I That'd mean, be tough. He paid good money to be there. Right. And expects a certain, you know, everybody sees, you know, what we shot out of out of Mexico and thinks that those are around every bush. Yeah. Well, geez, if I save up enough money, I'm going to kill a buck just like Mike and Brian. Yeah. Eh. Wrong. You know, yeah. and then that was our first trip to Mexico. We didn't. Yeah. How and many have I taken before it, I even killed? That's it. I mean, it, it is still hunting. So there's there's no guarantees. So in the type of hunting I want to do anyway. So right. so yeah, it's I killed mine on the first day. Yeah. So I got really lucky, and I mean you couldn't have drawn takes. up this a script and a map and told this deer to do exactly what it did any better than than what it just did on its own. It just worked out really well. Sometimes so, that's what happens. And I yeah, I'll take it. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll take, take it. every one of those. I'll take. I'll it. take the one day hunts. Yeah, I had a couple of those this year, and I'm exactly. like, boom, yeah. headed home. Yeah, headed home. Life is good. Pressure's off. Yep. You know, and then I had a week in Mexico. Uh, that yeah. uh, You're like, I'll eat some tortillas. Yeah, I ate plenty of those, and the cook was great. They had a, uh, Spencer does good food. Yeah, huh? Spencer does good food, and Riley Hutchinson uh, was my guide down there. He owns a Rut and Ready, and cool. he's a good dude. Uh, nice he, guy. Yeah, super nice guy. He had, he had his stuff together every day. He knew where we were going. He knew what we were doing. He knew what the backup plan was. If that didn't work, he is super efficient. And uh, yeah, so I had a great time with Riley. Fun to be with. We had a good time. So, and then we just went out and shot coyotes after that. I was the one day, like I say, we went and hunted coos, but didn't see anything. And then later that night is when Mike shot his 200 inch buck. Yeah. So I was, I was super happy that I was. Yeah. I, 
I couldn't have scripted it any better for you guys, honestly. It was so Especially much with fun. me not being there. Yeah. I'm like, man, if something doesn't go just right and I'm not there to help out. Uh, you guys, you'd have just been in our way anyway. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'd have shot the bigger bucks. <laughs> I highly doubt that. <laughs> I'd have tried. Uh, knowing your luck, you would have. You've had a good good run this year. Uh, yeah, I, I did have some luck this year, but it hasn't always been that way. You got to work for it, as That's you it. know. Yeah, it takes time. It takes time. Yeah. You got to work your butt off, and it's like that hunt in Mexico. You got to do everything you can to be prepared for yep. that situation, so that if you do get a chance, you execute. Right. I'll, I'll always say that. Yep. And it's like, I think the same thing goes in with business, in life, in athletics, and in hunting. You've got to prepare, whether it's your body or your mind or your talent or your skill, to be able to execute at the time needed. And in your case, that PRS shooting is, is paralleling your hunting. Yep. And made you a better hunter because of how you practice. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. There's there's a complete parallel there. There's no question. I, yeah. Yeah, and, and I see it with my other friends that I've gone hunting with that, that don't shoot PRS matches and stuff like that, which is fine. Um, right. But getting them set up on something, and, you know, I can see it, you know, with Mike, if both of us were there, you know, that type of stuff, it's like we'd have had this thing killed 10 times by now. Right. You know, and they're still getting set up on it, you know, or right. getting to a comfortable position or finding the animal in the scope or yeah. or, or whatever the case may be. And it's, it's just, you know, hunting with kids. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You haven't experienced that yet quite, <laughs> yet, quite but, yet, but I have. And, and my kids would probably tell you I'm the worst person to go hunting with. <laughs> so impatient. No, I, I was that way with Aaron. Yeah. When I was trying to teach him long range, yeah. there's a bear hunt in a Ross series on the video, and he, he draws this bomber bear tag, and we just have this giant on the hillside. I'm like, shoot it. Well, well first off, let me say this. Let me tell this quick story real quick because it's kind of funny. There's this, there's this, it's getting dark, right? Mm-hmm. So one of those shooting situations where you got to get down, get prone and kill. Yep. It's getting dark. There's not a lot of time. This giant bear is on the edge of the brush that if he decides to head up, is going to disappear. Right. And I'm like, okay, get set up. Well, before that, I said, hey, you need to make sure you can shoot six, seven, eight hundred yards. And this was when Aaron was like, didn't believe I could shoot that far. Mm-hmm. Right. And mm-hmm. so I'm trying to teach him these things like, hey, it was that 300. It was that first 300 wind mag that Travis built. Oh, in. yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, and it was light, so it punched his shoulder a lot. So I don't know if he didn't like to shoot it or what. But anyway, <clears throat> I said, you need to shoot six, seven, eight hundred yards. And you know what he said? I'll just get closer. I'm like, dude, it doesn't always work out that way, right. little brother. Yep. You, if you, you can, know. absolutely do it. But yes. if you can't. If, but if you can't, you need to be able to execute right. in, 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 in overtime, if you will. The, it's getting dark. It's the last day of the hunt. The, the buck or bull or bear, in this case, is going to go up over the hill. you got to be able to shoot. So... He's sitting there fumbling around trying to get prone, and he can't, he can't get in his scope. This, Aaron, Aaron's great. He's, he's come a long way, so hopefully he doesn't get mad once he listens to this podcast. And I'm sitting here looking at him like, I was so mad because he said, I don't need to shoot six or 700 yards. He draws a tag of a lifetime. Mm-hmm. This bears at like seven, 750, exactly what I told him to be able to shoot at. <laughs> And he can't even find the damn thing in the scope, let alone I never know. I know he's never shot that far. I was so mad at him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because I told him to be prepared for that. Yeah. So anyway, I get down there. I said, get out of the way. And I got him out of the way, and I set him up on the gun. I said, now, look. So he gets behind the gun, got him all set up. And none of those guys that were with us there, they didn't know how to shoot longer. He's none of them have done it either. And he gets behind there and just one right over the top of his head. Missing the bear goes like ducks because it literally went over the head. And he, there was like a little sapling and it hit the leaf on it i'm like reload he reloads same thing over again 
and this giant just Trots wanders off. off. Wanders mm-hmm. off. Yeah. Yeah. So that's 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 why we do what we do. That's why we practice. And in right. your case, the parallel of PRS shooting, how it's translated to your success hunting. Yeah. And and telling that short story of, hey, Aaron, you should be able to shoot six, seven, eight hundred yards in case you need to. Yeah. And the inexperience of him not being able to find that in his scope. It just reminded me of that story. Oh yeah. And that's why I say you better be able to shoot. That's all. That's all there is to it. You better be able to shoot and shoot quick. Right. That's why when I see something and I'm either filming with Aaron or he's filming with me or, or Peyton or whoever, I'm like, you better be on him quick because I got I got to get down there and I've got to kill this thing. Yeah. Yeah. Now, that's him. That's a shooter. And it's same thing with that big bull elk I shot this year. Ask Peyton. You better get on him. You better get on him because he was chasing. He was going to go bed his cows. And he was he was getting out of the way. I'm like, you better be on him. You better be on him. How far is he? Seven, seven fifty. He's getting farther. You better be on him because he I'm gonna kill him. So that's just how it goes though, right? Oh, with, absolutely. With honey, yeah. you gotta be there, you gotta be ready, you gotta yep. you gotta be a master of your craft if if you wanna be successful. That's it. I mean it's 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 all about time spent. So yeah. whether you're bat basketball practice, football, whatever you're into, it's time spent doing what you're doing what to you make you good at it. Badminton so. in your case. Yeah, yeah, right. That's my my passion. <laughs> Not many people know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, so Jake, I uh, we had a, a good tag this year with my youngest boy, Jake. He's 17. And everything that I've I've done shooting-wise with Jake has – he's, he's kind of just natural. You know, he's, he's got a natural talent for it, which is, which is good. So he's a, he's a really competitive swimmer. And, uh, so he does, I don't get to take him nearly as often as, as I should, but, uh, he's busy and he's teenager and got, got a busy life. We know all remember that. So anyway, we had a a Vernon uh, mule deer tag this year, the same, you know, kind of the same situation right at dark. We couldn't get any closer. We were 780 yards away, I want to say. My seven saw him. Everything's, you know, prone. Everything's good as far as positional and stuff like that. Mike and I are on it, on the deer. And Jake, you know, we had to set up the rifle so Jake could could get in the scope and, and find the deer. And it is, I mean, it is the last 30 seconds of light. And... And we, we managed to get that buck killed. So Jake made a great shot on it. I gave him a wind call. He did exactly what he was supposed to and and yeah. hammered that buck. And had, had you not known your craft and yeah. not been able to coach him, I mean, that's a buck that gets away. Yeah. And a tag unfilled. Yeah, he's a good student. I'm probably a <clears throat> poor teacher. But, uh, yeah, he did, like I say, he felt, followed instructions. He, he had enough shooting experience to get the job done. And like I say, Mike and I, that was, that was fun. That's awesome. That was a really fun and time. And your son, killed yeah. buck, nice buck. Nice buck. Like I say, he, it was the biggest buck he's ever Super killed. Cool. And uh, that's probably the last time I'll get to go hunting with him for a long, long time. But Between uh, mission college or right. whatever he decides yeah. to do. Yeah, he's going on a mission this, this coming uh this coming summer, he'll be 18 and he'll be gone. So, okay. so yeah, it'll be a while before we get to go hunting again. And and I know how it goes afterwards with my older son Brandon. He he started with the university and and he's in the ROTC. He'll graduate from college this May and he'll be commissioned an officer in the army and then he'll be gone. Yeah. So, like I say, the those few years with with him up until he went on went to went to school and got really busy were the only times I had to, to hunt with him. So so I I. And I was super impatient with 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 him, so probably yeah. apologize to him. Yeah. But uh, yeah. you're a better dad now. I, yeah, I've learned a few things. Yeah, right. Age is is do. a good thing. So yeah. patience. But yeah, that's yeah. awesome. But yeah, like I say, he he's turned out good. Super proud of him, what he's doing. So yeah, got good kids. So. That's awesome. Well, Brian, 
We've been about an hour and 10 minutes. Thanks for joining us today. Um, very easy conversation, awesome conversation. I think people are going to extract a lot, of, a lot of information here, especially about not only Lone Peak, but shooting and becoming a master of your craft and the way that it, not all actions are created equal and having a true action and how that re relates to accuracy and just all the things. And, and I appreciate your relationship, not only as a friend, but um, also our business relationship. I think you guys are great. And, very lucky to have got to meet you guys and, and Travis too. How can people support you and um, order an action? Do they do that through their dealer? Or can they call you direct? What's the best way for yeah, people to get I mean, hold if, of you? If they've got a specific uh, gunsmith in mind, which they're, uh, you know, that's the other thing that I've learned over the past seven years is there is a lot of really talented gunsmiths in this country. So, you know, you don't have to... to to use the most popular guy or whatever. There's a lot of guys who do small quantities that do really, really good work. So if you've got whoever in mind to do it, uh, they could call us and order it. You could call us and order directly from us. And, you know, of course, being that's the serialized part of the rifle, we have to send it to an FFL. But yeah, you can call us directly, email us, uh, whatever, you know, whatever's convenient for you. We're sometimes hard to get a hold of, but just leave a message. I'll eventually get back with you. Okay. So, so yeah, like I say, there's, there's, uh, uh, yeah, a couple different ways that seem to work. You know, we, we'll, we'll try and accommodate, you know, get you what you want. So, that's awesome. So, yeah. And fairly quick turnaround times because yeah. you know that's people don't like to wait. Absolutely. That's that's the last thing I want to do is make anybody wait. So we do our best to, to cut that to a minimum, but there are some things just, you know, you just can't control. Right. Like we've sold a ton of actions in the last month and uh, since we got back from Mexico and and our our supply of, of fusion titaniums has, has really gone down and, and the, the machining process hasn't been as quick as as the the sales so right. like i say now there's going to be a little bit of a lag time there but you know it's it's minimal a couple gotcha. of months so right so yeah like i say we're, we do our best to to keep things in stock and and keep the popular things that people you know generally will generally want on hand as as best we can but yeah so like i say so your gunsmith can 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 call us and order it that way you can call us personally uh whatever we we know how to deal with it so, awesome. So yeah. Well, check them out, guys. Appreciate you guys listening in. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. We love the reviews. Wherever you're listening to this podcast, please leave us a review. Email me, eric at muleyfreak.com. Let me know what you'd like to hear, what you like, what you didn't like. And then again, we're going to send Brian home with the Capper Hunter TI from Goat Knives. Check out Goat Knives. You'll be glad you did. It's titanium. We talked a lot about titanium in this podcast. If you want to improve your kill kit, Get a Capra Hunter TI, check out the TUR, and then Base Map. I'm going to say this until you guys get it. Base Map is an awesome mapping software. I think you'll like it. It has a lot of features that some of these others don't. Basemap.com forward slash Muley Freak. Thanks for listening, guys. Catch you on the next one.